Good to see everybody in God's house. I uh, had something I wanted to read here. First uh, Thessalonians 5. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always. It's always a good day to be in God's house. We miss those who are uh, either sick or traveling or away for some reason. Pray continually. Everything that we do, we do because God gives us the ability to do it. Just to come and sit here together and to enjoy the music and the message and the word and the smiling faces, <clears throat> the coffee, hopefully, I made it this morning. But that leads me into the next one, give thanks in all circumstances. We have a lot of people who are, aren't here today. A lot of them are our volunteers. So Tom and I were figuring out how we were going to do the job of three. Um, but then Barb came and offered to fill in. So thank God for that. Praise God. Um, Addie was going to sing this morning, but decided not to, right? Uh, but we're thankful that she was willing. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's just good to be in God's house. Uh, you know, I ended up making coffee, haven't done that in a while, but uh, our regulars and some of our backups were out, but we still have coffee, and I even made extra, so drink up. Um, but thank God. And just a few announcements I want to point out. First, um, the new one. Now, if, if Paul Detmer were here, you would say that there's going to be a sermon illustration with this randomly cut piece of cardboard. Or maybe it's this way. You know, but I'm not going to do a sermon illustration. I'm going to talk about Operation Christmas Child and the shoeboxes. Um, the drop-off is not mac and cheese. I'm guessing, I'm guessing we have to restart the computer because it decides to not respond sometimes. So that is when it is. Yep, November 13th to the 19th. Try a clear all and go from there. So um, we're going to give more information in the next week or two about how to pack a shoebox, and we're going to have more information about this. But that date, not of the mac and cheese, but of the uh, Operation Christmas Child is going to come up faster than, than we'll think. Uh, the 13th of November is, what, like three weeks away maybe? So just think about how we can bless a child with a shoebox filled with your love, God-inspired, and sent a long way away, okay? So there are some of these boxes out by the door. You're welcome to take one of those. Use a shoebox laying around the house. Um, or, um, hey, there it is. Yep. And uh, Gremlin's in the computer, too. So that's the first announcement. Next Saturday is the ladies' breakfast. Um, and there's a sign-up sheet out on the table where all the Operation Christmas Child stuff is. So next week, the ladies get together at 10 a.m. They sleep in an hour later than the guys usually, but that's okay. Um, so if you'd like to come by for that, do so. Bring some food. That's always a good thing. And then we also have a ladies' study Thursday at 2 o'clock here. You're always welcome to pop in uh, whenever you like. Um, we have a recovery group that meets at the MHAB campus Tuesdays at 1 p.m. You're welcome to stop by for that as well. Um, Judy can give you any additional information on that if you'd like it. And next Saturday, not only is it the, uh, the ladies' breakfast, but at 5 p.m. is the long-awaited blank screen. I mean the uh, mac and cheese cook-off. Um, it's going to be a day, I tell you. Uh, there is a sign-up if you'd like to bring a mac and cheese, but we're also having Michigans. So I think we've got a couple of those in the works. So that will be uh, a, a great time to eat and judge for yourself um, and see who the, uh, the big noodle will be as far as the, uh, the winning mac and cheese. If it was ham, I'd call you the big ham, but you know. Uh, let's see. Announcement-wise, I think that's, uh, that's what's new. Uh, as always, though, we thank you for your tithes and offerings. We can't do 
what we do here for the kingdom of God without your faithful support. Uh, so thank you for that. Drop boxes are by the back door if you'd like to do it that way. We also have the online option that is up on the screen as well. October is also Pastor Appreciation Month. We are blessed to have four people that we're recognizing, one at a time. Um, so today is uh, Pastor Franklin's Sunday. So since he's preaching, we're going to focus on him. We have stories going back to his childhood. Uh, we have embarrassing stories from his wife. And uh, no, we don't have any of that. But we do have some refreshments in the back, um, some homemade cookies and some not homemade cookies. So stop and um, share your appreciation with Pastor Franklin after the service. But Franklin, as you, uh, as you come up, I don't know if you're reading scripture today. Does anybody? Who's got scripture today? Hi there. Come on up. And, uh, but Franklin, um, we appreciate what you do for our church here both you and your family, and we're just thankful that God has brought you here. Um, yeah, <laughs> thank you. We appreciate you. Now go sit down for a minute while you come read scripture, please. Thank you. Good morning. Um, this morning I'm reading from Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 through 8. It's entitled, A Time for Everything. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Thank you, Martha. And thank you, church, for your generosity and, and caring for us as pastors. Um, I think I've said this several times this was not my choice God bullied me into this um, <laughs> uh, not really but kind of um, check can you turn this monitor off I know. Yeah. Oh, there we I'm back. I'm back. Cool. Yeah. I was like, why am I hearing myself there? And why, that's why I'm feeding that. Cool. <clears throat> no, but um, I struggle often with uh, the decision to become a pastor and why God chose me. Sometimes it's pretty clear. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> um, and in all honesty, regardless of sort of the bumps we've had over the past few years, this church has made it easier to have, oh yeah, this is why God. So thank you. Um, so, this morning I'm preaching on the changing seasons and our fruit. 
Um, I don't know how, how much I'm going to hit on my notes because I was sick this week uh, while working on this, and I had to rewrite it basically yesterday, um, partially because there are a lot of like fe- there were a lot of like fevered ramblings from earlier in the week when I was really sick. <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> this sounds like a crazy man. And while I am a crazy man, I usually don't put it on paper. <laughs> but uh, so bear with me this week. But the seasons have changed. They are changing. Um, we see it basically at every level in our lives right now. The seasons are changing. Officially, a few weeks ago, we went from summer to fall. When we hit December, we'll, we'll go from fall to, to winter. But even outside of the, the weather seasons or, or uh, calendar seasons, there's a season for everything, as Martha read. We see seasons of war coming. We see seasons of unrest. We see seasons of tiredness. We see seasons of hurt. We also see seasons of joy and happiness, of true, deep rest, some of peace. But going back to the weather, the days are getting shorter. We're probably not going to see 70s again until next year. The leaves have changed and soon they'll be gone. That's scary. <laughs> 70 degree temperature outside. <laughs> I know some of you see 70s every day. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's so interesting to see how the seasons change, to see how. Not only how sort of the world changes with the seasons, I mean, again, even talking about some of the other seasons that are changing, you know, the peace to war in certain places, and, and, and you know, all those other things that were listed and could be listed. It's interesting to watch our reactions. Have you ever sat and just people watched? Gone to like the mall or something and just sat and people watched? I have. I love like going to, especially when I'm like waiting in line for something or um, like at an amusement park. I'll sit and just watch. Or if I'm not on the ride and someone else is on the ride and I'm just sitting, I'll just sit and watch the people. I'm like, what are they doing? Like, why are why why are people acting the way they're acting? Or I've been sort of people watching, not necessarily physically, although a little bit like at work and things like that. But through the internet and, and through, you know, social media, just sort of watching how people are interacting with the world right now. What they're doing, what we're all doing, how we're reacting to the craziness in the Middle East right now and the devastation there. How we're reacting to just the changing of seasons here. And what's that look like compared to other times? And it seems to be different this year. I don't know why. I mean, some of it is pretty clear why. But I don't know why. And as we push into seasons like winter where it gets darker, we see people sort of pushed into a a darker time. Some are getting excited because 
the lights are starting to come out. People are starting to put up their Christmas lights. Some are getting ready for that dreaded white thing that'll fall from the sky at any moment. Some are wait, can't wait for the, the holiday season to sort of get underway so they can make memories with family. Some are dreading it for the loss and pain that they feel around it. But no matter how much the seasons may change, one thing that we often are aware of is everything moves forward regardless of what we do. No matter what season we want it to be in, the next one is always going to come. And the current one we're in will always go. But what do changes in season mean for our spiritual life? What does it mean for our fruit? Again, as Martha read, there's a season for everything. How do we hold on and maintain our faith through those darker times? How do we have fruit when we don't even have leaves? <laughs> like the trees in winter. How do we deal with the fact that there are hard times that push us and challenge us our, our faith? There are seasons in our lives that show us how truly weak and frail we are as people. And sometimes we see seasons where we see truly how strong God is. Sometimes those are the same season. Sometimes it seems like all hope is lost and God isn't actually there and he doesn't actually care about us if he is. These are all seasons that many of us go through. If you think you haven't reached one like that, I know I have. I can point vividly to moments in my life that are great examples of hard and cold seasons that I question my faith where I even thought it would, I would break under the weight of it all. Think of a dead tree in the middle of winter with a heavy, wet snow on it, weighing it down in the woods, and then all of a sudden you hear it crack and crumble. That's what I thought was going to happen to me several times in my life. And in these cold seasons, I questioned my faith and, again, thought I would break under the weight of it all. And thinking back on that, and when I sort of got this idea for changing seasons for the sermon, it brought me to the, the sir, uh, the, um, yeah, the, the passage that Martha read. And then I thought about Ecclesiastes and how that often parallels that book. This is how that book starts. In Ecclesiastes 1, 2 through 11. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes. Ever return on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full to the place where the streams come from. There they return again. All things are wearisome. More than one can say. 
The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been will be again, and what has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new. It was here already, long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. Often in our lives, a life without God can feel like this. A season where we feel we can go through seasons in our lives, even with God, that can feel like this. That everything under the sun has happened. Meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. Everything feels meaningless. It feels like we're constantly pushing upstream and getting nowhere and often losing the battle. The world turns and the season pass and nothing matters. No matter what we do, it will all be for nothing and we'll all end up the same way. But I think as I look around this room, I know we know that that's not true. We know that our faith and actions help build a kingdom on this earth that will last forever. The changes that we make, even if they end up small, will vastly change the future. Even if it doesn't feel it like it right now. The other day I was talking to someone about how when we, some of us, are seed planters. And some of us are waterers and some of us are harvesters when it comes to our how we evangelize and how we bring others into the Christian faith. And um, often for those who aren't the harvesters, those who, who show up and you know, maybe say the sinner's prayer with that person or, or help them get plugged directly into a church and they, 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 have, that, they, they have that final ignition, that spark, that, that, that turn on of the engine of faith for Christ and the people who are there often are on it. They, they feel it. They, they're, they're ready. They're ready to go. But the people who plant the seeds, the people who water, sometimes it can be hard. Anyone who's been a farmer or had a, a garden knows that feeling in, in spring and in summer where you're sitting watching and you're chewing the deer away from your field or, or your, your plants or trying to figure out where the rabbits are coming through the fence to get your, your, your vegetables. <clears throat> it feels like it's meaningless sometimes when you're constantly fighting. And then, at the end, in the fall or late summer, when, when it's finally time to, to harvest those vegetables or or whatever they are, um, you think, yeah, this, this is worth it. This was, and then, then you have, usually, most people that I know that have like big gardens and things like that, they're like, I have too much now. <laughs> I need to give it away. But all the while up to that point, all the seasons before, it was hard. It was hard work. We didn't see the fruit. We didn't sometimes even know it was there. And in all honesty, maybe we were afraid we messed up. Maybe we were afraid we didn't do it right. The end of Ecclesiastes basically ends with it, the conclusion that God is judge over all and he will judge the good and evil so just make sure you're paying attention to what's going on. Keep following God 
we could go through story after story in the Bible of different people going through the endless cycle until they have that come, come to Jesus moment. Obviously, many of the stories we would tell would be before Jesus, and that wouldn't necessarily make sense for them. Um, but you see it through the New and the Old Testament, Abraham to King David to the prodigal son to Paul, and I could probably list hundreds more where it seems like they have these hard seasons that they'll never get out of. We see Abraham. He, even after he's told he's going to have a kid late in, in his life, he still doesn't necessarily believe it and ends up having uh, Ishmael because he doesn't trust. He and his wife don't trust what God has given them. And then we see this fruit that, well, is of Abraham and Sarah's making, not God's making. And then we see Isaac come, the promised son. And we see how that changes the world. We see King David instead of waiting for what he should have. He takes Bathsheba and murders a man to cover it up. Instead of waiting for the fruit. Instead of waiting through the season of war that he was in for the fruit of his labors at that moment. Instead of doing what he was supposed to do during that season. We see Paul, zealous Paul, believing that he's following Jesus, believing that he's doing the right thing, harvesting Christians, and not not in a good way. Converted in a season of his life. And then we see him harvesting Christians in, a, in the good way. Probably more, well, he's probably responsible for most of our faiths, or at least partially. Obviously, God is ultimately. The thing that sets these names apart from others we might know is that they followed God's plan through the different seasons in their lives at the end. They ended up following God's plan, not following their own. They may have messed up along the way, and they definitely did, but they were all human. And the bigger point is that despite their shortcomings, they still ended up following God will relentlessly, regardless of the seasons that they were living in. Even Jesus went through these seasons. And through each season in his life, you can see the fruit of who he, he is. Even when it was hard, even when it might be a, a little harder to notice, And that is how others know who we are in the seasons that have changed. Jesus says this in Matthew 7, 15 through 20. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes? Or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, 
Just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. We can be identified by our fruit. We can be identified for the type, by the type of tree we are. Bad trees produce bad fruit. Good trees produce good fruit. That means you can look at a good tree and know what it is, at least in, in this example, and you can look at a bad tree and know what it is. Even necessarily if it's not producing fruit. Um, recently, uh, well, not recently, so since we moved in our house, we have this giant pear tree in the back of our yard. And we have this itty-bitty tree next to it that's a, a, a baby pear tree. And every year, we, we, the first year that we were there, we got maybe like maybe 20 pears off of it, and the deer ate them almost instantly. Um, they were just gone. Uh, the second year, uh, we had the, uh, those moths, uh, the silk, gypsy moth, yeah, that ate literally all the flowers off, <laughs> off the tree. It bloomed and exploded with flowers, and everyone was eaten within a week. Uh, um, and I thought the little tree was dead. Well, this year, we didn't have the gypsy moths. And this year, we had a dog. So there's no deer <laughs> in our yard. Uh, um, and this year, I have broken branches because there's so many pears on that tree. The little tree is still growing, and it's, I don't know how many more years it's going to make it. But the big tree... I knew it was a good pear tree, even though it wasn't necessarily producing the fruit. I knew why it wasn't producing the fruit. I knew it was going through seasons that were causing it not to produce that fruit, but I knew it was a good pear tree. And this year, it's a good, I, you know those grocery, those, uh, those like Walmart grocery bags uh, that are uh, insulated? I took two of those and filled them up from like two branches. <laughs> and it only took me about 15 minutes to do and I dropped like a ton of pears. Uh, my dog, when he goes outside, he just has pears. <laughs> he, he eats so many pears. But um, that, the, 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 my point is, I knew that was a good pear tree regardless of the fruit. Now, Jesus is saying that you'll know a good, a fr a good fruit tree by its fruit but we also know that a good fruit tree is still a good fruit tree even if it doesn't necessarily grow that fruit in that moment. I knew that it, my tree had gone through a couple things that caused it to have very little fruit in those seasons. We know, we can tell especially with each other, when we know each other, when we live with each other in community, we know the seasons that we're kind of going through. We know that mm, Franklin's going through a hard season right now. I haven't seen him as much lately as I thought I would at church. I haven't if you, if you want to continue to use the analogy, I haven't seen as much fruit from Franklin this year as I thought I would. Hmm. But I know Franklin believes. I know. Maybe, maybe I should go support him. Maybe I should go bring some... I don't know, gypsy moth killer, uh, <laughs> into his life. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe I should go support him in that. No matter what season you're in, you are still you. And if you're following the path that God has set you on, you'll be okay.
And it sort of swings both directions. You're not suddenly, if you're deeply rooted, if you're deeply, if you're healthy in your walk with Christ, you're not suddenly going to just stop being a healthy Christian because something comes along in your life. I mean, I guess life could show up with a chainsaw, um, but usually it doesn't. Usually it does. Usually it's heavy winds. Usually it's snow. Usually it's sickness. Usually whatever's in your mind right now. And it's not easy. It feels like it's stripping our faith away. When we deeply ingrain our lives in the things of God, that God has for us so much that they become not only a part of us but everything we do. And when you live that kind of life, no matter what the season is, no matter the direct fruit that maybe you may be creating now, you are still who God has made you to be and you will grow again. The season will not last forever. One more tree story. Has anybody lived near a tree that got hit by a car? Specifically, maybe a fruit or flowering tree? My grandmother had a, a, a tree, a dogwood tree, um, uh, right next to her, her driveway. And someone came down, there was a road right, kind of right across from her, her house. Someone came down that road and couldn't stop and hit that tree. And the tree wasn't completely destroyed by the event. In fact, it stood pretty tall. It had some scarring and issues around where it got hit, but it was mostly intact. That next year, that next spring, when that, after that tree had gotten hit, the flowers that came off that tree, they were a nuisance. I mean, my grandmother's car would just be covered every day in like petals from this flower, the, this tree. It was insane. It would just, it used to be like it would get like one or two or, you know, you could spot them, like the, the flowers on it. No, not after this. Basically, you couldn't see green once it flowered. It was just all these pink-white flowers. It was beautiful afterwards. And that is so often in our lives, we get hit by things. We get hit by things in different seasons. But we have to remember. We have to remember that regardless, those things make us stronger if we stand true in our faith. Those things will make our fruit explode the next time that we're able to put our energy into that. Think of having a tiny crabapple-looking tree and the next year after a, something devastating happens to it, you have the biggest, beautiful, most beautiful apples coming off of it. For many, if you weather the storm, if you get through this season, this hard season, so the seasons change, and we know how to weather through those seasons. I sort of asked myself why 
Why had this come up? Why am I preaching this sermon today? I mean, besides the leaves. <laughs> um, why had God asked me about this sermon or asked me to give this sermon? Even if it's disjointed and weird and I'm not really following my notes. Why? Well, it's just exactly the way I started. We see the world changing around us. We are seeing shifts. We are seeing changes. And I know so many people who are going through such hard seasons right now. Such hard ones. I, Pastor Judy brought another one up this morning where a family had lost their child. due to sickness and a long battle. And these are the stories that I'm hearing, the type of stories I'm hearing. Just pain and suffering. Spiritually, it feels like a winter. Heavy things are weighing us down. Spiritually. It feels like we were in a beautiful fall and, and we knew that the, 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 the change of season was coming and, and that, but things were going well. We could see, we, we were harvesting some of the fruit. Things were lighthearted and, and just like a fall festival or, or going to bankers or wherever to, to pick fruit, you have fun. You, you, that's the way things felt. And just in the last week, just in the last couple weeks, it feels like frigid and cold, and heavy. And it may just be me. I could be just preaching to myself this morning. And that's fine. But I, I, I don't necessarily think so. And Even though it feels like winter, I want you to know, even though you can't necessarily see your own fruit, we know, I know we will get through this. I know, well, a healthy tree in the winter, when the snow weighs on its branches, the branch creaks and bends, but it doesn't break. And just like that branch creaking and bending, we can feel <laughs> creaky in our faith. We can feel like our faith is being bent out of shape. But if you hold strong in that faith, when the spring comes and melts that snow, when, when the next thing comes, when you feel the warmth of God's light that melts all that stuff away, that brings the peace, Your arms, your branches will spread out again. Stronger than they were before. Probably ready to bear more fruit than they could last year. Our jobs as Christians is to be attentive and stay firm in God's plan, knowing that he is Lord of all, and no matter what happens, that he is with us, that he is what gives us our strength. And no matter how much the winds blow, no matter how much the snow weighs us down, no matter how much that thing in your life pushes you. You are deeply rooted in Christ and what he has for you. We, we don't have an ending song, but Katie, could I get you up here to just play something?
no matter where you are today, no matter what season you're currently in, it's important to remember that if you keep your faith in God close, deeply at your core, if you continue to hold strong, even when the cold in winter comes, your faith can act like a strong core allowing you to bend in the heavy wind and snow but not break. And even if we are deep into a wintry season now, it's not too late. It's not too late that if you feel like you're going to break, to ask for those around you to help support you. The largest biomass in the world is a tree. And it's a tree in, I think, it's in the Netherlands somewhere. And it is one giant tree over a several square mile area that's roots are all part of one tree. So when you walk through it, this forest of what looks, I think it's a birch tree. I, I could be wrong. I'm going off the top of my head here. <clears throat> all the roots are connected. And they all support each other. When someone comes in and chops down one tree, the entire forest reacts. When one tree gets sick, the entire forest reacts. So we as a church, in these changing seasons, we're called to be one body. If we see each other failing or we feel like we're going to, reach out. Let us know. Send that shockwave through the network of roots that you have here. So that we can react. So that we can send nutrients faith, friendship, support, just a person to be there, to listen to, to understand. And know that no matter how deep we are into the wintry season, know for a fact that spring and summer will always come. Not because some meteorologist or some force of nature predicts it, but because God has promised it. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for not changing with the seasons, for always being there regardless. each individually and deeply and you know the seasons that we're going through personally you know the seasons we're going through as a community you know what we're going through as a planet and you know it intimately every detail on every scale 
so I pray. I pray this morning as we go. That we don't necessarily worry about our fruit. We don't worry about how well we're growing. But we worry about is where we are in our faith with you. And we push deeper. We look to grow deeper in you. So that when the winds come, may try to push us over. Okay, we bend, but we do not break. Because our faith is so much more strong than any wind that could be blown. Because you are the creator of the wind. for our, the individual just known things that we're going through right now. For the family who lost their child. To my friend from work whose wife has lost the ability to walk. To the unrest in the Middle East and across the world. to the person who got that diagnosis that they were dreading. Lord, you are stronger than it all. And this season is hard. But we will stand strong in faith and trust in you. That spring is coming. That summer is coming. bring us to a place where we are far stronger and far greater than we ever could have been by ourselves through all this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.